guys are Hansons. Machine took my quarter. Who are you? Reg Dunlop, the coach. Grab your freaking gear and let's get going. Okay. Come on, Steve. Let's go. Took my quarter. You think they show speed racer here? Hey, guys. Hey. Wait up. You guys triplets or something? No, I'm in the middle of Steve's 20 and Jeff's 18. Mm. Where are you from? Iron League. The Iron League, huh? A lot of fights? Nah. Hey, I want a soda. We pay for you here for a week, then you gotta find a room of your own. Okay, coach. Give me a grape and an orange, none of that stinking root beer. You go on the road tomorrow morning. We're on the road in the morning. I told you, I don't want Plus it. Plus leaves the War Memorial at 8 a.m. I gave you a quarter at the bus station. Well, will you give me another dime? I'm saving a dime to call Mom. Jesus Christ. Are you cheap son of a bitch? Are you crazy? Those guys are retards. I got a good deal on those boys. The scout said they showed a lot of promise. They brought their f***ing toys with them. Well, I'd rather have them playing with their toys than playing with themselves. They're too dumb to play with themselves. Boy, every piece of garbage that comes in the market, you gotta buy it. Hello, and welcome to the Brothers in Armchairs podcast. We are friends brought together through our years of military service who share a common interest in movies and pop culture. I'm your host, Dell, and with me today is my brother, Kenny. Aloha. And aloha to you, my friend. So here we are yet again on another anniversary show installment. And this is our 30-minute anniversary show. Uh, today, we're celebrating the 45th anniversary of 1977 sports comedy, Slapshot. Known as one of the greatest sports comedies of all time, and credited as the inspiration for other sports comedies like Bull Durham from 1988, Major League 1989, The Replacements 2000, and Semi-Pro 2008, this film has become a cult classic, especially amongst hockey enthusiasts. But before we get started, please hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We've heard if you don't subscribe to our podcast, you might just get a visit from the Hanson Brothers. I'm placing a personal bounty on the head of Tim McCracken. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. Go get him, It's wild. Outrageous. It's outrageously funny. Paul Newman, Coach Reggie Dunlop in this supercharged world of hockey, invites you to meet the crazies who make it that way. The players. Murderers Row. The wives. The fans. The managers. We're losing! Teamwork, guys. More team. They're burying us alive! Who are these guys? They brought their toys with them. And hustling of all, Paul Newman. Oh, you are very clever. Leave him. My wife left me. I was driving her crazy. Get out. You can't make him win. You're a losing coach. Okay, guys, show us what you got. <laughs> the comedy the sex the wild excitement this is the absorbing story of one man fighting to hang on in a world gone absurd 
there's never been a film like Slapshot. There may never be another. All right, Kenny, here's my setup for the film. The minor league hockey team, the Charlestown Chiefs, are in trouble. The local sawmill has announced its closure and subsequent layoff of 10,000 workers, which will basically wipe out the town and the Chiefs. Coach and player Reggie Dunlop spreads a rumor that the team is being purchased by a group in Florida and develops a plan to boost the team's value for potential sale by changing the game strategy to more of a spectacle and less of an actual skilled game. To do this, he unleashes the newly acquired Hansen brothers, who as it turns out, despite their goofy looks and behavior, are extremely violent on the ice. As a result of the brutal reputation that the Chiefs develop, the town loves the team again, the arena sells out, and the Chiefs begin to win with what they refer to as goon strategy. But all of Reggie's antics are for naught. The team owner, Anita McCambridge, tells Reggie that she is going to fold the team as a tax write-off regardless of how well they play. Devastated by the news, Reggie comes clean to the team, letting them all know the sale of the team was a lie and that they have only one last game to play, the Federal League Championship. Reggie then tells the team that he'd like to win the last game the old-fashioned way, by skill, not violence. Their opponents, the Syracuse Bulldogs, who have been brutalized by the Chiefs once before, decide to bring in some old-time muscle for their revenge game. The Chiefs get a taste of their own medicine, but hold fast to the game plan of no violence. The game turns into a bloody melee, with the Chiefs giving up their peaceful vow and winning the championship in the strangest way possible, a strip tease. Despite winning the championship, the team is still being folded by the owner. Coach Reggie Dunlop gets a job coaching the Minnesota Nighthawks, bringing his teammates with him and winning in the end after all. All right, Kenny, I'm still driving on this one. So I got the helm. So Slapshot has a runtime of two hours and two minutes, is rated R, uh, at least. Uh, it's of the comedy drama sports genre. It's available for digital rental on multiple platforms or for free on Peacock if you have a subscription. Made on a budget of $6 million in 1977, what is now $29 million today, and drawing a domestic box office gross of $28 million, what would be $134 million today? The film ranked 21st overall in box office for the year, behind some of the biggest films of 1977 and all time, including Star Wars Episode Four, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Saturday Night Fever, Smokey and the Bandit, and The Goodbye Girl. But, you know, as you can see, the box office of 1977 was pretty diverse, with Slapshot being the only sports movie in the top 40. Critics weren't kind to it either. And it wasn't until many years later that critics wrote kindly about the film, recognizing it as a cult classic of the sports comedy genre that inspired many others to follow. Yeah. So my question to you, Dell, here is, is so you say it's the only sports movie yeah. in the top 40. In the so top does, 40. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, does semi semi tough count as a sports Bur- movie? Reynolds? Yeah. Is Burt that- Reynolds, Chris Christopherson. No, uh, that, that's a that's a romantic drama. Oh, uh, okay. Well, what about Herbie? Herbie goes to Monte Carlo. Does that count as a sports movie? You know, it's got race cars. and I mean, people might today count it as a sports movie. I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> In 1977, Herbie was not a sports movie. 
Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's some really good movies in 1977, though. I mean, like, I mean, Freaky Fridays on this list. We've got some, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, like you had mentioned. We got The Rescuers, yeah. which was one of my favorite yep. Disney movies. You got Pete's Dragon, another big one. Annie Hall, Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, you know, A Bridge Too Far. Like, this is an incredible Crazy, year right? for movies. Yeah. Well, and you look a lot of look at a lot of these films, right? These were the launch pad of its type of genre, right? So like Close Encounter of the Third Kind was the first movie of the type to make the UFO as a subject credible in a serious way, not as a hokey science fiction B-movie. And then Star Wars Episode Four, the beginning of the franchise, the, the, the billion dollar franchise, right? Star Wars actually legitimized sci-fi. Previous to Star Wars, sci-fi was not really a serious genre. Well, yeah, I mean, and we could tell later in time, too, how they tried to make it unserious again. Right. Get like, you know, was it Battle for the Stars or something like that? Oh, Battle Beyond the Stars. Yeah, terrible, yeah, that's right. terrible movie. But it, <laughs> and it's entertaining, but it's terrible. Those are the low budget sci-fi movies. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, 1977, very diverse year. Again, you know, we've had this conversation over and over, but you look at years like this and we're never going to see years like this in the box office ever again with this kind of uh, variety and diversity of genres. All right. So let me get in on the film development cast and crew. So writer Nancy Dowd was inspired by the news she got from her brother, Ned Dowd, who at the time was playing for the Johnstown Jets, a minor league hockey team. Ned told her that the team was for sale and compiled with the violence being the selling point of hockey at the time gave her the inspiration to write the film. Of course, Ned convinced the team owner to let some of the players be a part of the film, even using one of the players' apartments as Reggie's apartment on, on camera. So principal production took place at the same time as the Johnstown Jets, the inspiration for the movie, uh, were on the championship run of their own. The Jets were eliminated in the semifinals, and the executive director of the team blamed the film, arguing the players put the film at a higher priority than the team. I mean... I don't blame the team. Think about it. <laughs> yeah, this, this, right. They're immortalized, right? Not only are right. they immortalized as the inspiration, but the players that I got to participate on the on the ice in the in the movie are forever there. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like it's way more important than some minor league championship. I'm telling you right now, like this is this is way better. I I agree with the players. Put the film <laughs> yeah, first. Side with the players. I knew you were going to say you side with the players. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I mean. It would have been cool if they won the championship, but like you said, they're immortalized. And now uh, that team celebrates this film, uh, you know, yearly. So it's kind of oh, cool. I, th I thought you were going to tell me that that team folded and like they're no longer. There. Oh, no, I, like, no. I, yeah. A real riches to rags story. <laughs> yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> All right. So Oscar winning director George Roy Hill, famous for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Sting and The World According to Garp, a film we reviewed who had to convince writer Dowd to change the film from a documentary to a feature film. Uh, Hill had an impressive resume in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And it's amazing how vulgar and raw this comedy was, as opposed to, you know, like his more refined comedies like This Thing, 1973. And you'd probably argue World According to Garp, I think, is a comedy. It's billed as one anyway. Uh, but This Thing, he won an Oscar for that. So it's kind of like that was the, almost his specialty of comedy. And then somehow in 1977, he made this. It is it is a strange movie in his like filmography. Like, oh, it's look, right? like a sore thumb, like a sore it, thumb. It it just stands yeah. All right. Another Oscar winner, Paul Newman, 
famous for The Hustler, Cool Hand Luke, The Color of Money, and so many more, played the lead role of player coach Reggie Dunlop. The role of Dunlop was originally held by Al Pacino, who was dropped for not being able to skate. Newman played the role of a hockey player so well that he gained a cult following complete with quotables. Newman repeatedly said throughout his life that he had more fun making this film than any other in his career. I can't see Al Pacino in the role, dude. I just, I can't, <laughs> can't do it, man. A, he's, so Paul Newman has this ability in this movie to look a lot like a used car salesman, all right? And he comes right. across as and, one, And he too, does it, yeah, absolutely. Where he's just, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's a very pretty man, and he comes across, like, but I feel like Al Pacino at some point would have been menacing in this role. Like, he wouldn't oh, have time. come across as fun or funny. He would just come across <laughs> as menacing. Whereas Paul Newman, like, I mean, he seems like an actual down-on-his-luck guy, and he's, he does it very well. I mean, he is a handsome dude, but he does the the regular guy thing very well, right? Al Pacino, he just has a like a confidence about his persona, right? Look at him in The Godfather, in anything he ever does, scent of a woman. I mean, that's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically in this film, he'd just be telling everybody what to do and they'd do it. There's those roles, right? And so, you know, Newman in this role. It's that moment when the, where the role and the actor are so perfect for each other that you just can't imagine anyone else in the role. All right. And, you know, and and for that matter, many other stars in this film uh, that you can immediately recognize. And but I don't want to focus. I just want to focus on my favorites of the film. And I think most folks will agree, especially those who know this movie. Uh, my favorites are the Hanson brothers, played by Jeff and Steve Carlson and David Hanson. So without this trio of brutality. I don't think this film would be as celebrated. The Hanson brothers were the true goons of the Chiefs. Their whole game was to belittle their opponents with every dirty trick that hockey has to offer. And I don't know all the dirty tricks. I only know the ones that I saw in this movie, of which there's a pretty big variety to draw from. You know, the, the best thing about the Hanson brothers was that they didn't appear to be goons that they were, right? Which added to the character of the trio, giving them like an underdog persona. Uh, when the team would be at a bar celebrating and getting drunk, the Hanson brothers, who demanded they always share a single room, would break out their electric car track, the only thing that they packed in their luggage, and race the night away. So the brothers had an interesting contrast of like childlike innocence and being borderline psychopaths. They are uh, by far like my favorite part of the movie. Uh, but as a kid, I thought they were in it more. So I don't know yeah, why. Right, but, right. You thought they were a much, much bigger part of the movie, yeah, right? Yeah, I did. And I, I, me like, too. I thought that they were the leads. Like, I, 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 didn't, I didn't realize that Newman was the lead role. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that either. I really thought they were more in the movie. And they don't even show up until 45 minutes into the movie. <laughs> and they don't get on the ice until they've been until for an hour into the movie. Yeah, that's right. Until so halfway, I, yeah, halfway through. That's right. Uh, it's, it's crazy. So David Hansen, uh, the, one of the guys who plays the Hansen brothers, he's still out there making appearances and carrying the torch for his fandom. So in an interview with the Pittsburgh Magazine, Hansen said, I'd like to get a normal haircut and you know look like I belong in 2017, but the fans just won't let us do it. So Hansen went on to say that there's nothing politically correct about the movie, which is why four generations of fans still love the movie today. I mean, yeah, this movie's offensive. Like it's offensive to everybody, and that's what makes that's right. it great. It, it's why we have no clips in this this episode because <laughs> somebody would get offended. It is just that that vulgar, but it's hysterical, and it is really, really, really well done. 
as the truest value. I just, it just cracks me up. Like, like Metallica's troubles, right? When they cut their hair short, everybody freaked out. I, he's probably sitting there dealing with the same problem. <laughs> so, you know, speaking of stories, I'll, uh, I'll tell you my personal story. So, so as a kid, I remember not really understanding what this film was about. And, you know, Kenny, you got to remember, I grew up on an island, man. Hockey wasn't popular. I knew it existed because I've seen it in cartoons and TV. But, you know, I didn't know a lot about the sport. And so all the jokes in this film were for adults. So as a kid, that's two things that I lost out on. So the only thing that ever stuck out to me about this film was the violence. The violence was the only, and like you said, right, the Hanson brothers. Oh, I thought they were a bigger part of this movie because that's what I remember. That's why I love the film because of the violence by the Hanson brothers. I was stationed in Maine in uh, 1990. I'm just going to leave it at that. The guys, uh, the guys in the barracks were all hockey fans and used to take me to the minor league games. And I think we talked about this before. And the first time I got to see how big hockey players were, it was like, it was shocking. I didn't know they were that big. And then, you know, watching them skate around the ice, you know, very gracefully and then slam each other into walls. It was impressive. Then, you know, one day we were drinking a little playing, playing ice hockey. So yes, I do skate. I don't skate well, but I skate well enough for them to give me a stick and watch me putter around the, the rink. And uh, one of the guys asked me if I was still questioning how hard the hits were. Now, I'm young. I'm stupid. I'm in the military and I've had some alcohol. Stupid, dumb things are going to happen. And so I said, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm still curious. He's okay. Hey, listen, this, this, and this, and I'm going to hit you like you would get hit in a hockey game. And he did. And uh, thank goodness we were, I flew up against a chain link fence because, uh, yeah, it's not, like, it's not like when you're on feet on grass, man. There's nothing stopping you from flying. <laughs> Needless to That's say, awesome. as I watch this film after all these years, I can feel the hits. That's pretty cool, man. So I guess that means I, mean, I got to give you a personal story of my own. Yeah. Yep. We got to do. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you. In truth, I it, as a kid, I really didn't understand this movie at, at all. Uh, I was big into sports movies and this one came off the shelf one day at Blockbuster. I, I've never been a big hockey fan. And while we did have minor league hockey where I lived, I never went to any of the games. Uh, I think when I was a kid, our team was the Jacksonville Lizard Kings. And today <laughs> now they're called the Icemen. Again, not a big fan of hockey. And the only time I'd ever seen hockey was on TV, which is boring, unless you count the awesome Konami game, Blades of Steel. So oh, that was fun. That was <laughs> yeah, fun. I love that. I can yeah. still remember the way that, that game comes on. Blades of Steel. Blades of Steel. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just a great game. So the movie uh, made hockey seem cool. And I remember thinking that the Hanson brothers were awesome. In fact, I thought all the bits in between with the naked women and romantic interludes, they were just boring. And I wanted to get fast forward to the hockey parts. And so it wasn't until watching it this time that I realized the bits in between are pretty damn funny. <laughs> yeah, so <they> all <laughs> the memories I had of this film as a kid are false. Take, for instance, the Hanson brothers. My kid brain remembers the Hanson brothers changing the course of the team and being the difference makers when, in fact, they don't even play until an hour into the film, like we discussed. Yep. Not to mention that it's Paul Newman's Reggie that changes the course of the team, not the Hanson brothers. <laughs> but it just goes to show that what we remember as kids isn't always what actually happened. And then like our other movie, Swamp Thing, I'm happy to report that Slapshot actually aged better than I remember. <laughs> so I, when we watched Swamp Thing, I was like, oh, oh, I remember that scene being way more interesting. <laughs> yeah, but this right. one, no, nah, everything was way better than what I remembered as a kid. 
dude, I, I can totally dig what you're saying. And, you know, as, as, as a late forties adult, man, I, I watched this thing yesterday and I was dying. I thought it was hysterical. I got all the jokes. I understood it. Kenny, it made perfect sense. So yes, totally agreed. You know, unlike Swamp Thing, this got better for me. All right. So let's talk about the legacy of the film. What is the lasting legacy of Slapshot? Uh, well, that's, you know, sports have their iconic films that last for generations. Baseball has, you know, the most probably sports movies with, I'll pick out Pride of the Yankees, The Natural and Field of Dreams. Football has the longest yard in any given Sunday. Golf has Tin Cup and Caddyshack. Basketball has Blue Chips and Hoosiers. Bowling has the Big Lebowski and Kingpin. Wrestling has Vision Quest. Surfing has The Endless Summer. Boxing has Raging Bull and Rocky. And hockey has Miracle. And its polar opposite, Slapshot. My best comparison is that Slapshot is the Happy Gilmore of hockey. Or, you know, maybe it should be Happy Gilmore is the Slapshot of golf. 45 years later... When a film is being celebrated by fans, that means something. This film made a mark. Actors make appearances at hockey games. Merch is still sold online. Routine quotes appear in other films and sporting events if you're sharp enough to catch them. And there is no shortage of articles being written about the film and its impact. It's also, you know, it also helps that the cast and crew love this project and never shy away from commenting on this film despite how unpolitically correct it is, especially with today's levels of, of sensitivity. Yeah, I mean, this is not a movie that you put on for someone who gets offended easily. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that will offend pretty much everyone. And when it comes to hockey movies, uh, I got, I, you know, I, my hockey movie, of course, is The Mighty Ducks because that movie happened when I was a kid. And so I got to see that movie in the, I think it was the mid 90s. I was a teenager at the time. And so that one meant more to me than this one does. And then if I were going to pick like the greatest hockey movie, I'd probably go Miracle, man. Like that, yeah. that movie with Kurt Russell, just the speech alone just gets me all jazzed up and ready to go. Like I, <laughs> yeah. it's a great movie. So yeah, I, I don't know. Now, now I got to rethink my list because this was hysterical. <laughs> but you know, you always got to consider, um, you know, it was 1977 when this film came out. Yes. Like we said, it was a little racy for its time, but it set a bar that many other sports film took from and applied to their own formula. And that's big, man. You know, we talked about Dracula being the, the bar for all Draculas to follow and other movies of the like. And that's where this thing fell. You know, I didn't realize how significant it was until I started reading all the articles. And, and there's a lot, guys. If you Google Slapshot, it, you know, tons of articles. The, probably the best article I ever read was the one by Rolling Stone. Uh, amazing article if you get a chance to read it. But this thing has a lasting legacy and impact. And I think, you know, it's important to know that. All right, Kenny, all right, it's 3P time. What? Already? Yeah, already. <laughs> Let's get into it. I know, right? It's so crazy. Usually we got an hour left to talk before we do 3Ps. <laughs> Slapshot is an incredibly entertaining sports movie that has somehow managed to get better over time. What I remember from my youth was a sports movie about a minor league hockey team where the Hanson brothers changed the course of the season. I remember the bits in between the moments on the rink being boring and fast-forwarding to when they were on the ice. I also remember the Hanson brothers playing a bigger part of the film. However, watching it now, I have a new appreciation for this movie as none of what I remember about the film actually happened. The Hanson brothers don't even play out until almost an hour into the film, and it's Paul Newman's Reggie that actually changes the course of the team. Slapshot has aged quite well, and the bits in between the times on the rink that I used to fast-forward through are funny and make for a better watching experience in my older years. Paul Newman has become one of my favorite actors in my later years, and I really enjoyed seeing him in this film. 
The story is ridiculous, but that's what makes it fun and why it stands out as one of the truly great sports movies. Hockey has never been one of my favorite sports, but I love hockey movies as they make for great tension. I'm not sure where this movie ranks for me in the pantheon of sports films, especially since I have more appreciation having watched it this time around, but I will say that it's much better than I remember it. This film is an obvious play for me, and I recommend it to lovers of sports movies, and it's my sincere hope that if you've never seen it before, you take an opportunity to enjoy it based on my recommendation on its 45th anniversary. Nice write up. And if you are offended, don't don't blame us. We didn't make the movie. <laughs> We're just celebrating it. That's, That's right. right. Right, right, right. All right. So here's my 3P. Slapshot is a shock on the senses for those who haven't watched it or haven't watched it for a long time like me. There's nothing politically correct about the film. Women are treated as objects. Tons of homophobic comments. The leader of the team is a pretty horrible guy, even though it's Paul Newman. Violence is at a premium, and they curse like sailors on long deployments. But that's why I love this film. Yes, it's offensive and will become more and more offensive as the years roll on. But there is something taboo nowadays about a film that was shockingly offensive during its own day and has only gotten worse since. But we can celebrate this film because it allows us viewers to cut loose our social norms and enjoy a fantasy world that we'll never be a part of. The characters in this film are tropey nowadays, but this was the origin of those types of characters that have since been used over and over in the sports genre that has grossed billions of dollars. This film is a play for me. I recommend it to anybody looking for a guilty laugh, an outrageous sports movie, or to anyone curious about rude comedy of the late 70s. Remember that this film is a linchpin that inspired dozens of films for 40 years, and so at the very least, Watch it for two reasons. First, so that you know where the bar was set. Second, so that if you run into the Hanson brothers, you'll immediately recognize them and run for your life. All right, as we wrap up Slapshot, I want to send a shout out to Shanir, who is a longtime supporter and friend of the podcast. In our survey of anniversary films for February 2022, Shanir was the only one who voted for Slapshot and did not waver. And keep in mind, we had that poll on three of our social media platforms. You know, and as a result of his confidence, I went ahead and I watched Slapshot, did a little research, and convinced Ken to record this episode. So, you know, Shanir, if you're listening to the show, and I hope you are because you always do, I appreciate you standing your ground and not caving into any of the other votes. Because if it wasn't for you holding fast, you wouldn't have sparked my curiosity to go watch this film and say, what is Shanir uh, so hyped about when it comes to Slapshot? So I appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. And for myself and Kenny, this has been a Brothers in Armchairs podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Aloha. Hey, gang, let's play it smart out there tonight. I want to see a lot of work from you guys. Put your heads on the ice out there. Guys, we all know how to play hockey. Just play it smart. That's right. You're not doing Stick up. Christ, pop Let's go now. We need this win, you know. We got a lot of losses to Yeah, we got a lot of losses. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Play heads up out there. I mean, let's be smart. Man for man, we're better than any fing club in the league. And let's put our minds Embarrassing.